Before we start, a quick thank you to our sponsor, NPR. With 15.8 million monthly users, NPR is the number one podcast publisher in America and has some of my favorite podcasts as well. But numbers only take you so far. Stay tuned to find out how NPR sponsorship drives connections for brands. Hi, I'm Shane Patrick, and you're listening to Making Marketing by Digiday. Every week, I talk to marketing leaders who are changing the industry one decision at a time, be the evolution of a CMO's role, the flawed agency model, or the challenge to hire the right talent. There is a lot to unpack. And joining me this week is Neil Heyman, the very new chief creative officer at Droga5. And sometimes it does feel like Droga5 can do no wrong. In this episode, Neil and I discuss how tough it really is to be an indie creative agency these days, from client demands that keep changing in a market where it feels like nobody cares about creativity anymore. Needless to say, Neil has a strong point of view on that. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hi, Neil. Welcome to Making Marketing. Thank you for having me. We're excited to have you. Um, so, Droga5, independent agency, proudly independent agencies. I feel like independent agencies are having a little bit of a, should we call it a renaissance, or it just seems like they're really popular right now. Do you feel this way? Well, who doesn't like independence? Right. <laughs> um, that's a that's an interesting question. I mean, we're an agency that really values our independence, obviously. Um, whether or not we're having a renaissance at the moment, I, I couldn't really comment on. But, uh, you know, the the great thing about it is obviously, you know, we we have a little more freedom to to take the creative into places that we feel are right, to manage the agency in a way that, uh, you know, we think is is going to be beneficial to where the industry is going. Ultimately, you know, it, it is uh, in service of the work, I guess, and uh, making this uh, a better place for us all to work. So you've been at Droga5 for a long time. Yes, ma'am. Tell me a little bit about how you've seen, you know, the agency itself evolve. Just beyond, obviously, it's grown a lot, but sure. a lot has changed around it. Uh, talk us a little bit through sort of your journey here. Okay, sure. Um, well, yeah, you're, first of all, the fa- to fact check that, you're right. I've been, been here for, uh, I think, around nine years. Maybe this is my 10th year. Um, and... Yeah, absolutely. A, a lot has stayed the same and a lot has changed, obviously. Um, the location's changed. Uh, we certainly, in the old days, would not be in uh, our own podcast studio recording this conversation right now. Um, maybe we'd be huddled over somebody's iPhone. What would have been? Hoping iPhone, for the best. iPhone 1 Blackberry. at that point. Yeah, <laughs> hoping that uh, someone pressed the right button. Um but yeah, I mean, the things that have stayed the same are the things that make Drogify what it is, which is that we are always driven by creating influ- influential work. We all come here every day to do the best work of our careers. Um, we're in fancier offices and there are more of us, but that's all about creating more opportunities to do that. And, uh, you know, a lot of the people that were instrumental in growing the agency over those first few years are still around making those decisions. So, uh, yeah, I guess the clothing's a little different, but the, the people inside it are, uh, are just the same. But, but obviously the industry has changed in the last nine years, the way, you know, you've had to work to make sure that you're still cutting edge, stay on top of things, are keeping up with what 
the clients are asking for, keeping up with the technology. There's obviously been more change than simply the clothes. Tell us a little bit about, you know, managing that change and sort of evolving to make sure you're keeping up because there's no doubt that's happened. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the media landscape's changed, obviously. The, the way that clients approach us and our work and our role in the creative process has constantly been evolving. Um, but we were an agency that, you know, while I wasn't here for the initial kickoff, I've been here for most of the agency's life lifespan. And um, we, were, we were born at a time when the iPhone had just been launched, Twitter, Facebook were all starting to take hold, YouTube was becoming a thing. You know, a lot of the a lot of the pieces of work that I saw coming out of Drogify before I worked here were very much of their time in terms of taking advantage of current media trends and playing with them and challenging them. You know, if I think back to, you know, the Mark Echo case study, for example, or uh, Bike Hero that were both done before I worked at Drogify, there was um, such a cheekiness and a reverence in terms of challenging the way people used the internet and the way they were consuming media and doing it in a way that was having so much bigger of an impact than the scale of the agency at the time. And I think if you look back to those examples and some of our current examples, the principles there are still the same. If you think about an IHOB, for example, or the Dundee case study, the scale has increased, you know, the reach has increased, people are hearing about it in different ways, but the spirit is the same. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of having that intuitive point of view on how people are consuming the messaging that's put in front of them and then kind of making a little bit of a game out of it, you know, like making it intriguing enough that people want to participate. Whether <laughs> whether that's uh, being inspired, being intrigued, being infuriated in some cases, there's always something to grab onto there. Yeah. You, you mentioned something right at the beginning of that, which was, you know, obviously what clients expect has changed. Yeah. Um, how is that manifested? Like, what do you mean by that? Uh, well, uh, that could be interpreted a bunch of different ways, I guess. Um, but I guess what I mean by that is when the media landscape was simpler, there was a much more binary way of approaching. There was TV, the, there was print. Sure. Yeah. As uh you know, if you watch enough Mad Men, you can see how binary that you throw a long lunch in there and, you know, a few bottles of scotch and, and that was the process. Um, and it's just more complex these days. There are more options. There are more more uh, tools in the toolbox. And the way you use those tools becomes part of the idea. So whereas in the old days, you could create a piece of film, put it on an appropriate uh, TV placement and find the audience you were trying to reach. These days, maybe TV isn't the thing, but maybe it is. You know, maybe a GIF at the right time on the right channel is all you need to kind of kick off a, a system of work that reaches the right people. But so there are more options that you can potentially offer a client if they're coming to you with a problem or a or simply just here's what we need, but we yeah. don't know how to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the way we think about it is we, we're always going to be pushing for those big, ambitious, bold ideas, but the form that they take 
can be any number of things these days. And then the way that we strategically deploy them across media channels becomes part of the idea. So that isn't something that just a creative team are involved with. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it means pulling in, you know, our, our data department, our comm strategy department. Uh, it means working with design to make sure that, you know, we're approaching things that are appropriate to the channels that we're working in. It's, it's still about creating brand messaging that's based on strategy that is, is going to stand for something and resonate with people. But the way that we get it in front of them is much more nuanced now. Okay, so you've, you've, so you've got multiple channels to get to the consumer. You know that intrinsically the spirit is the same, the idea is the same. This, I see two things here, which is that one is obviously a creative, quote, that's in quotes, job gets harder, right? Mm -hmm. um, talk to me a little bit about that. And, because, and then after that, I want to talk about how the other thing that seems to be happening is that now everybody kind of has to be creative. You can't have a creative department and then just kind of hope that everyone else, you know, does their thing and falls into place. Everyone's kind of got a role to play. And those two things seem interlinked. Yes. So the the job is more challenging, you know, more difficult, but that's the fun of it. You know, like if you don't get into this business because you know, for the big you, bucks, <laughs> or you go or, down the street at Wall Street, or for or for the easy hours, or for the, you know, the kind of routine nine to five ness of it all. Mm -hmm. The the great creatives in this business are the people who love solving problems and love, you know, cracking a brief and finding a solution that's really inventive and innovative, and that's that's what drives them. So challenging is a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, and to answer your question about, you know, does that make everyone creative? Yeah, damn right, damn right it does. Everyone has to be working in service of the creative. So the idea, the, the best creative ideas to me are the ones that are so, so beautifully and seamlessly lined up with the way that they're deployed into the world that it, it feels very natural and there's kind of a no-brainer quality to it where it's like, the, the creative itself is super strong, but the way that the world receives it is mm -hmm. is so tailored to that creative that it's all part of the same thing. Can you give me an example of how that's kind of worked out in terms of how, you know, you've working with the other leaders at the company sort of managed to then reorganize in a way how departments have worked and how an agency's traditionally worked, especially as you sort of entered into your new job, um, uh -huh. kind of taking a look at that and making sure that everybody's in service of that creative. Sure. Um, well, let's think what example probably best serves that. I mean, I, I guess something that we've got a lot of attention for this year is the Dundee case study, you know, with the team did an amazing job with that. And I think that's a really... For those who may not know, tell us a quick synopsis. Okay. So the, this was uh, basically a, a Super Bowl promotion for Australian tourism, which, uh, you know, through my accent, you might gather, I might know a little bit about. Um, basically, the idea was to capture people's attention about uh, visiting Australia in a way that was uniquely compelling, which tapped into the Australian cultural identity and the people to differentiate it from uh, from other, you know, equally sunny but maybe easier to get to vacation destinations. 
Um, and the way that the team uh, strategized around that was to go back to what is still, you know, whether we like it or not, one of the, the great ads for Australian tourism, uh, the Crocodile Dundee movie. And uh, so it, basically there was uh, a launch created for a, a fake Crocodile Dundee reboot starring Danny McBride. Um, and the the reveal at the Super Bowl made it clear that this was actually a tourism campaign and not a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so why I think this is a good example of, of what we've been discussing is obviously it's a t- very culturally resonant idea. It's big, it's bold, it's ambitious. All the things that I think all the dr- great Droga 5 work embodies. Uh, and then the way that that was uh, choreographed and put out into the world was was also very inventive and very uh, very true to the way that people would think about an entertainment property and not necessarily an ad campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, in in doing so, it again becomes something that people want to participate with and get drawn into as opposed to just messaging being put in their faces. And then how did sort of internally then, because you had obviously the creatives working on it, Mm -hmm. um, tell me about insight, strategy, planning, accounts. Everybody's sort of, it it, it does seem a little bit like if everybody's not doing the creative bit, whatever bit that is, then then that's when we start asking the questions about, well, what's the point of an agency? Why do this at all? But having everybody do the creative in some way or the other seems to be what you're kind of getting mm-hmm. at here. And I, and I think what happens, and I've seen it here so many times over the years, when there's an idea in play that is exciting and ambitious and kind of uh, ignites the imaginations of the people working on it, it becomes very contagious. So Internally. Absolutely. People get excited. Yeah, yeah. And I mean... I guess, uh, you know, in, in that particular case, confidentially as well, you know, because there's so much involved with that that, is, that can't be revealed. Um, so, you know, that really can galvanize a team too. But like in, in that case, you know, watching it from a little bit of a, a distance, you could see that excitement, you know, and there are those ideas that travel around the agency that you kind of, you get that sense of uh, enthusiasm and passion coming from that team Mm -hmm. and uh you know it people people get drawn into that and so if you're here in a strategic role if you're here in you know uh the person drawing up the communication plan for that it's you're all galvanized by that idea Mm -hmm. you know you want to see it reach the world in the right way and and fulfill that creative vision and i think for the creatives your your role then you know, it does become a leadership role because it's not just about fulfilling your vision, but it's about making it clear to people from all these different disciplines what that vision is Mm -hmm. and bringing it to the world. We'll be back after this quick break. 80% of NPR podcast listeners hold a more positive opinion of brands that support NPR. That's Connection at Scale. To learn more about sponsorship opportunities across the NPR platforms, visit npr.org slash four brands. Now back to the episode. You mentioned kind of it's it's not it, it stops being just a piece of advertising. It becomes entertainment, and that's what that's sort of the holy grail for you as 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 a creative. What is you know what is the difference? I mean, is is there is there a problem where you know that advertising can't just be advertising? It has to kind of transcend advertising for it to be bigger than that. Is advertising such a bad thing? Is it a dirty word? 
Not at all. I mean, I think it just takes takes on different forms. You know, like with with any any kind of uh, creative product, there's there's good stuff and bad stuff. You know, and we we make an effort to make more of the good stuff than the bad stuff. Um, sort of a ratio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep that ratio up. Um, I think people live complex lives these days. You know, like to to simply kind of provide them with an image of a product and expect them to gravitate towards it is is more of a, a long shot than something that really kind of takes into consideration the, the landscape that we're entering into, where, I mean, we've never been in a time that's so saturated with emotion and uh, and this kind of barrage of media messages on a daily basis and you know we're we're all on this kind of daily emotional roller coaster and whatever communication pieces are being put out into that landscape need to have an understanding of that and and harness some of that and deliver something that is is sensitive to that and and you know resonates with people mm-hmm. and you know that that's just kind of cost of entry these days. Yeah, you know, but it also that, makes it harder. I mean, if you know, it's like you, brand purpose obviously is one of those things that's been, I think, thrown around so much. But getting it right is also just hard, and it doesn't always have to be political. It's just not purposeful, right? No, I, I mean, I think, yeah, it doesn't have to be political. Like you can change the 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 P to a B in your logo and that can also catch fire, <laughs> you know, or you can create, uh, you know. We're talking like, about IHOB, not like Broga 5, <laughs> just, just in case anyone's confused. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in that case, that that was, you know, arguably got more media attention than anything that's been done at this agency. Very simple, very bold arguably very silly idea, but got people talking. Um, and, you know, I think the the my favorite work that's come out of here is very aware of its own context, you know, and that, I think, is the difference. It's whether it's, you know, about brand purpose or whether it's about this being an ad or not being an ad, ultimately, the more self-aware and the more... Uh, aware of the context the messaging we're putting out there is, the more it seems to resonate, you know, and that could be uh, a, a beautiful piece of film like the Serena work for Chase that recently came out, which, you know, it, it, there was obviously a, a huge social component uh, associated with the hashtag on the back of that, but it's just a really inspirational piece of film that was very well-timed and made a really good use of of uh, the personality that that they have associated with their mm-hmm. brand in in Serena, um, but it can also be something really complex, like the seven different uh, Mailchimp mini campaigns that we did that had kind of a big reveal at the end of it. It's all dependent on who we're speaking to and what reaction we want to get from them. So I think, and I think that's. That's an interesting point because, you know, we have heard and I've actually heard, you know, David say this, too, is that agencies, the the place agencies go wrong is where they kind of focus more on kind of the processes and just let's make a cool ad campaign, whatever that means, and don't really consider 
the bigger question behind it, which is the business problem you're trying to solve, all the things that they say they do but don't actually do, and they end up getting caught up in the processes. And I think that's one of the reasons, at least, that I've observed why people are sounding, as they do every five years or so, kind of the death knell for creative agencies. Well, what's the point? You know, that all, If all they're good for is the big idea or the big piece of creative, lots of other people can do it. Um, publishers can do it. Consultancies can do it. Freelancers can do it. But that seems to be the key issue here. It's not that creativity doesn't matter. It's that it has to be kind of baked into a business problem. Yeah. How, is, how does that kind of manifest then in your day-to-day job? So, I mean, to me, a lot of it is about the evolution of the the same creative skills that have always driven advertising. Like advertising's always been about persuasion. It's always been about getting people to feel something about something they may not know about or may not have felt anything about before. And we just have a lot more levers we can pull now. And pulling them in the right way is is what the job now entails. So uh, in terms of it being, you're right, like the the death knell of advertising has been around, I'm sure, as long as advertising's been around. But it's our responsibility and our challenge as an agency to keep up with the way that the world is moving and the way media changes and the the fragmentation of that and the personalization of that. And, you know, that's accelerated dramatically uh, in recent years, but it it hasn't it, it's it hasn't just happened overnight. Right. Um, in terms of how we solve those problems, the the way I like to think of it is, you know, we we're all here to to solve business problems, or we should be. Um, ideally, <laughs> ideally, yeah, because that's what your day to day is. Um, you you have to be able to react to. To all kinds of situations and and solve them, um, yeah. The the nature of solving br- business problems isn't going to change. You know, like the this has always been about the intersection of art and commerce. You know, and there are some people who will skew it more towards art, <laughs> um, but ultimately it is it is the fusion of those things that drives this industry and. And what keeps things interesting here day to day? And you know, you asked me earlier about what clients are expecting of us, and that's a big part of it. You know, like everything can be tracked, everything is data driven. That's you know, while we're talking about the death knell, that's the other thing that comes up constantly is you know, data, 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 and it it feels like you know, while the pendulum's swinging that way, data alone isn't enough. You know, and it's not about A versus B here. Um, really, the the future of all of this is how those things are married together in inventive ways. So how do we take the principles and the skills and the craft that have always driven advertising, finding new answers to, to common problems, finding new ways to communicate with people, and using the data to make that more effective? Mm-hmm. That that's where the excitement lies, I think, because data, I think data becomes a a very simplified conversation. You know, like I think people start thinking about, you know, spreadsheets and, and numbers and, you know, the constant influx of information. And what 
what we like to remind ourselves of, of here is that data does represent people and humanity and emotion and you know choices that people make and how do we reflect that more in the work so um and that's what people will pay for yeah exactly and i i love the the work that um is just starting to come out right now for prudential um which has always been one of the most uh, exciting and and I think important clients in in Droga's history. The work that's just launched is really kind of taking that idea of the people behind data points and bringing that to life. So um, the the campaign's called the State of Us, and we had. Uh, uh, actually a surprisingly nostalgic and emotional launch of it here at the agency yesterday uh, with our clients from Peru, which uh, we've been working with for eight years now. Um, and, you know, the, this work kind of takes so many aspects of so many different things that we've done for them. But to me, addresses some of this discussion about data versus creativity and emotion and how those things actually work best when they're pulled together as opposed to having to feed into one another, so to speak. Where would you say competition comes from for an agency like, for a company like Droga5? Does it come from other creative agencies? Does it come from Facebook? Does it come from, you know, publishers? Does it come from any of the thousand entities out there that can at least on paper, you know, do creative. You're not allowed to say all of them. <laughs> well, I guess the the point is as as technology has progressed and as people have been more com- become more comfortable with being creative themselves, you know, whether that's through, you know, using the camera on their phone or uh, you know, like their own brands that they're managing on social media every day. It feels like competition is everywhere, you know, because it's it's easier to create. Mm-hmm. So that means that, you know, we, we need to keep our standards up as far as what we're creating and how we create it. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a kind of veiled way of saying all of them? Oh, I don't, I don't <laughs> like saying all of them, but I'll let you have it. Uh, one thing was that, uh, you know, when... Uh, when you when you um, did a lot of interviews when you got this job, and I remember, I think you'd said something like, you know, this is sort of, I have sort of, this is the next page, and this is the next vision, and this is what's going to come next. That's what I'm excited about. What does that mean for, for Droga5? What does that mean for agencies in general? What is What are the next five years? Year by year. Okay, what is the next year? <laughs> not going to be. No, I mean, popped off that really, it's we we've been talking about it through this whole chat. Really, it's about how how we take the things that have always been true to this company and continue to make them relevant and continue to pour that creativity into different shape containers and continue to. Uh, blur the lines between what has always been exciting and challenging about advertising and all the other uh, competition on the landscape, as you just put it. Uh, You know, I think there's a number of different ways we want to tackle that. Like some of it is structural and how we build teams and who we bring into the creative process and into the agency. Uh, Some of it is the, the types of assignments we take on and 
who we work with and partner with from a client point of view. Um, we're very fortunate here in that everything has been evolving very quickly and very excitingly over the course of what is still quite a young company's history. And I think really the the challenge of the next five years is to is to stay on our toes and, and keep evolving as quickly as the world is. Great. Neil Heyman, thank you for being on Making Marketing. Thank you very much. And that's all for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Our producer is Aditi Sangal. If you like the show, then please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating. Have more feedback or thoughts about the show? Tweet at me. I'm at Trini Batik. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode.